Welcome everyone. Welcome to the Matter of the Heart, where we bring you heartfelt, educational, and positive stories, all to elevate your spirit. I am your host, Carol Olivia, and always thank you so much for, for being there and listening to the Matter of the Heart. Uh, our guest for today's show is Dr. Bernie Siegel. Um, Dr. Siegel has been a retired surgeon. He's the author of the worldwide best-selling book, Love, Medicine, and Miracles, 365 Prescriptions for the Soul, Peace, Love, and Healing, How to Live Between Office Visits, and so many, so many more on his uh, website, uh, BernieSiegelMD.com. Uh, and uh, the topic for the show is Bernie's latest books, No Endings, Only Beginnings, A Doctor's Notes on Living, Loving, and Learning Who You Are. And the second book is When You Really, When You Realize How Perfect Everything Is, A Conversation About Life Between Grandfather and Grandson. Welcome to the show, Bernie. Thank you. I'm curious how it all started because it's um, it's well, kind of, you know, interesting to me. I'd say that I'm not normal, and I realized our grandson isn't normal, and I, <laughs> I mean that as a compliment, mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that I, over the years, due to the pain of being a surgeon. I was never a normal doctor, okay? And when I say the pain of being a surgeon, it's all the suffering I saw people going through, their pain, diseases, things you couldn't cure and fix. And I felt terrible, you know, and, and really had questioned faith. You know, why would God make a world like this? Why not have everybody be born without imperfections and problems? Because I did a lot of children's surgery and, uh, you know, fixing their congenital defects. And, oh, it just, uh. So I started keeping a journal. Mm -hmm. And uh, as my wife said to me one day, there's nothing funny in your journal. Because I forgot to hide it. I said, honey, my life isn't funny. And then she told me funny things that did happen that I told her and the family at dinner time, but they never got in my journal. And... That taught me something, too, that all of us need to remember to put the good things in our journals, not just the painful, difficult things. Um, but as I was writing this and putting things together, I knew Charlie was an interesting young man, okay? Uh, way ahead, you might say, of me in terms of spirituality and a lot of other things. And so I got in touch with him uh, to discuss some things with him uh, because I've, he's a nature photographer. These are things that are in the, the book he and I did and all his poems, things that he had sent me, calendars he'd made with beautiful sayings on the pictures. Um, so I got in touch with him and we started talking and out of our talking, we began to share, in a sense, our journal, which was really our poetry. Um, 
something would come up, we'd write about it and call it a poem. And so lo and behold, uh, when we started sharing our poetry, we realized how similar we were in the things we noticed and were aware of. Even poems with the same title, you know, written mm -hmm. by each of us. And so that became a part of that book. And, and <clears throat> I'd say the common theme in both of them, on the cover, there's a photograph by Charlie of a bird flying through the air. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, if the two of us wrote the book, why is there only one bird? And he said, it's the reader who is finding their path and their way through life. They, and that's mm -hmm. how insightful he is. Mm -hmm. And I realized that's what my other book, No Endings, Only Beginnings, you know, that we continue on. And I mean that literally. I always say a graduation isn't called a termination. It's called the commencement. <clears throat> you finish with school. Why are they calling it a commencement? Mm -hmm. You're ending. But the truth is you're beginning a new life. You're leaving one thing and graduating into another. And that's, to me, the message of my book. No endings, only beginnings. You know, only commencements. And my thought and part of why I got in touch with Charlie was I'd love to write a book called Bible 2. And you'd say, Bible 2, what are you talking about? Well, it's, again, modernizing a book that can give you directions about life. See, if I read the Bible, it's like my saying to God, you know, I don't understand some of your parables. What does this mean? Uh, or why did this happen? What is that trying to tell us? <clears throat> and I find it a lot easier if I'm reading something, <laughs> you know, that is not in the Bible, that I may say, oh, I understand the message from this now. That's my language. Uh, I have to say, I love the Bible and all the stories in it, but it's taken me quite a while to learn the significance and meaning of those words. Um, and what ended up with, and I want to read you a paragraph, the first chapter in my book says, the title is, Begin Your Quest for Truth. And lo and behold, it's a paragraph by Charlie Siegel from his unpublished poem, The Answer Lies Within. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know if that poem has been published since, but here's his poem. Because these are, these are my questions. You know, when you think back to where I was a surgeon and everything mm -hmm. else, where is God in all of this? You ask yourself, head in your hands, water washing over your body from a shower or the rain of your or your tears. Where is God in all of this? The question echoes across the whole of the gymnasium as your peers laugh and the fear sets in. Where is God in all of this? It is a question we all ask at some point in our lives. Turn the question inward and let it reverberate through your heart, your mind, your soul, every fiber of your very being. Where is God in all of this? He's in your heart, in your breath, is in every action you take and in every life you touch. Will you accept his presence here? Will you act as an agent of miracles today? Where is God in all of this? God is with me and I am with God. Repeat it, feel it, live it. And as I read that, I knew that was my struggle. I'm looking at all this suffering 
And I'm thinking, where is God in all of this? And the answer is something I learned from God. Bernie, a perfect world is not creation. It's a magic trick. You're here to live and learn. And I'd say again, from all our pain and difficulties, Charlie has learned way ahead of my schedule. In other words, he's in his 30s. I had to be in my 60s, you know, to, to learn all the things he learned and to accept spirituality and even learn that I shaved my head for symbolic reasons. From reading Jung, I came across this simple statement. Youngs, uh, monks, I mean, <laughs> monks shave their head as a symbol to uncover their spirituality. And when I read that, it was like, wow. Mm. I wish I'd had a therapist, you know, when I was going through all this to tell me the symbolic meaning of all this and to learning to have faith. Because mm -hmm. later on, when I had other experiences, I did go to see uh, James Hillman, a Jungian therapist. And I told him, and I'm not going to get into the details because they're gory, but that I was a knight and my Lord asked me to kill. And I said, why? And I said, what if I don't? You know, there may be other solutions. My Lord said, then I'll kill you if you won't kill at my request. Hmm. And I couldn't understand that. I went to see Hillman. He said, do you hear what you're saying? I said, what do you mean what I'm saying? You keep saying my Lord. I said, yeah, it was the Lord of the castle. And he, was he said, Bernie, it's your Lord. You have to go home and relive this. And that was incredible insight for me. Because again, you get back to the Bible. God said to Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. And I read that, I think, hey, why don't you say, take me, leave my kid alone. But Abraham had faith. And what is the result? His child doesn't lose his life. And I learned that if I had had faith and said, yeah, sure, I'm ready, I'm going. Mm -hmm. Then my Lord said, no, I was just testing your faith and knowing I could trust you so that we could reach an agreement with these people and not kill them but stop all the conflict we're having. And that's the part I woke up to, you know, having the right Lord mm -hmm. and having faith mm -hmm. in that Lord. Mm -hmm. And so every chapter, so to speak, is another group of lessons. Uh, I just opened to one, no accidents, welcoming your angels and guides. And then I start with a quote. This one is by Emanuel Swedenborg back in the 1700s. Man was so created by the Lord as to be able while living in the body to speak with spirits and angels as in fact was done in the most ancient times. For being a spirit clothed with the body, he is one with them. And those are the things, each little sub chapter, so to speak, Mm -hmm. uh, has a quote in it mm -hmm. uh, because the chapter contains many, you know, topics that I write with, mm -hmm. uh, write about. Um, 
I mean, it's hard for me to not keep start reading the whole thing to you. <laughs> you know, as I flip the pages. Right. No, I'm yeah. going to actually get it, Baron. Well, here, let me read this to you. This is by Ernest Fenwick Holmes. But I would like to know what myself can know. Mm -hmm. I crave to know the meaning of great words. I ask that life may be defined and what is love. Perchance I too can grasp a key that opens up the door and for myself unveil the mysteries. Or I may hear a voice beyond earth's hearing or see a presence which shall reveal to me. And that's why I wrote this book. As I said, I wanted to call it Bible too, mm -hmm. but I don't know how that would be accepted by people. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have all these messages hmm. as I'm turning forward, Norman Vincent Peale, who was a mm -hmm. friend of mine, mm -hmm. the topic for him was learn to love yourself. Um, and th those are things, they were all my teachers. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there are quotes on every little subtopic. Mm -hmm. um, well, I got to read you this one by my friend Carl Menninger. Love is the medicine for our sick old world. If people can learn to give and receive love, they will usually recover from their physical or mental illness. Oh, and that's beautiful. Something I talked about, uh, that's chapter five, is just mm -hmm. love. And I told people to become a love warrior. Mm -hmm. And that was before, you know, all of this. But what I learned was, when somebody's driving you nuts and you say, I love you to them, they don't know what to do with you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I have stopped violent people on the streets mm -hmm. by walking up and saying, I don't know what's happening in your life, but I want you to know I love you. Mm -hmm. and they, went, they were young people. I'd say, I'm sorry that your parents don't, but I love you. Mm -hmm. And every single time I've done that, the person has stopped screaming, stopped mm -hmm. the violence, mm -hmm. and left. And other people on the street who were as nervous as I was would come over to me and say, thank you. Oh, my God, thank you. What you did taught me something. Because we didn't know if they had a gun or right. not. Right. You know, women carrying a pocketbook, guys carrying things. You didn't know what the hell they're doing. So I tell everybody, be a love warrior. And um, spiritual love warrior, Bernie. Pardon? A spiritual love warrior. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, because like those stories are kind of interesting because you're stopping people to, uh, they don't know what to do, but they hear the word love. So it's such a high vibration. They can't help but, you know what I mean? Walk away right. from whatever they were doing because it's all positive, what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, there's so much wisdom in all the quotes. Mm -hmm. Then I go on to talk about it. This is a quote from Carl Jung. When God made animals, he equipped them with just those needs and impulses that enable them to live according to their laws. We assume that he has done the same with man. In a way, the animal is more pious than man because it fulfills the divine will more completely than man ever can dream of. And, and that's the part I'm trying to help people with mm -hmm. is to learn to get in touch with that divine will. I consider myself, you know, an instrument for God. You can say like God's right arm, um, that we're all a part of God's right arm. Mm -hmm. And 
that were like a tool for God to work with and to help make changes and create a better world. So I talk to God every morning, literally. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> no, that's you know, I laugh because if, <clears throat> who was it? I forgot the comedian. Um, she said, if you talk to God, it's called schizophrenia. Oh, no, if you talk to God, it's called prayer. If God mm -hmm. talks to you, it's called schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> Lily Tomlin, that's who it was. Right, right. And, um, but I talk to God a lot, and I have heard voices, too. It's mm -hmm. just amazing, mm -hmm. incredible experiences to mm -hmm. hear a voice and have it lead you to something beautiful um, when you follow the instructions. Right, the synchronicity, the message, spiritual message. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, Bernie, it's true. Like when we're born, when we were created, we're created from a spiritual presence. That's so right. Never to forget that, you know, always keep connecting to that spiritual energy. Yeah, that's why my definition in the sense of God, mm -hmm. and what is God made of? Mm -hmm. Loving, intelligent, conscious energy. Because mm -hmm. I said, you need all those things to be a creator. I mean, life could never be a coincidence. Right. That's the part that amazes me, mm -hmm. just looking at living things. Like I just talked about animals. Uh, one of our kids uh, saved the lives of two geese. The parents were gonna kill them. I don't know what's going on with the geese, but so they rescued these two little geese and have raised them. And it's like having two children. But the other thing that interests me is the colors, the patterns, their ability to fly. Mm -hmm. You look at animals' feet, they bend the opposite way of our legs, um, you know, their knees. And oh, he also raises chickens. And they're like works of art, the patterns. The order. Of their, of their uh, feathers mm -hmm. and the gorgeous colors. And even the eggs are in all colors. Hmm. And, you know, again, it's who did that? How did that happen? Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful, you know, and uh, no two people are alike. And yet here we are. Look at what's going on, you know, with the black mm -hmm. issue. And I keep telling people we're all the same color inside. Mm -hmm. You see, I don't if a patient comes into my office, it isn't whether you're Chinese, black or white. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have to worry where your appendix is. I know where it is. Right, right. It doesn't change every time you have a different skin color or you come from a different race or color, you know, country. And people have to understand that, that we're different for recognition, mm -hmm. not for conflict. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know who you're serving dinner to. Right. how they look, yeah. Many colors make a rainbow, Bernie. That's right. Yeah. You know? Rainbow, it's interesting you said that because the rainbow is the symbol of harmony. Right. And rhythm. See, every color is in order. Mm -hmm. I mean, the purple, the spiritual color is red and blue. Mm -hmm. So you'll see, when you see the rainbow, you see that pattern of colors all the way across. And when you combine them, like the blue and the yellow, you mm -hmm. get a green. Mm -hmm. So you'll have yellow, green, blue in the rainbow. And, and the 
symbol in the book, um, The Cancer Ward by Solzhenitsyn of mm -hmm. self-induced healing was a rainbow colored butterfly. Mm -hmm. And so again, the butterfly breaks out of a cocoon. That's what people need to realize. You know, stop killing. You can break out of the cocoon, free yourself and the world and become that rainbow colored butterfly. Harmony and beauty and teach others. You know, that's interesting. Maybe to keep focusing on, um, as we you were saying, you know, we're a spiritual being and to keep focusing on the spirit of these beautiful um, expressions of nature, of life, right. never to distract ourselves from it. Yeah, that's why in our poems, mm -hmm. Charlie and I wrote a lot about nature mm -hmm. because I learned that nature was really my teacher. One of the things um, I noticed one day, because we, um, one of my books is Love, Animals and Miracles, where I discuss the Seagull Zoo, because we had, I mean, all kinds of exotic pets that veterinarians gave us because we were willing to take them in and the kids and I took care of them. Um, goats and ducks and geese, even skunks and snakes and turtles and birds and, hey, what a house. <laughs> but everybody had a name, every creature had a name. But I had put fences up all around to hold in all these creatures, you know, from the dogs to the goats to the whatever. And I noticed that the trees grew around the nails and the fence that was against them. Mm -hmm. And and I thought, what an incredible symbol to me. Here I, you know, hammer a nail into their side and what do they do? They incorporate it into their life and body. Mm. And so to me, that was a lesson. Um, and here's a poem I'll read you that I wrote called The Trees. <clears throat> I watch the trees grow and branch, reaching out and upwards. Why? What directs them? Who guides them? What voice speaks to them about how to grow, reach, divide, ever upwards towards what? Is it the sun? Something more pulls them skywards. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to raise our arms towards the sky and find the answer. Mm. And Charlie also wrote a poem called My Brother Trees. So again, it, that was the part that began to fascinate us because I send him a poem, he sends mm -hmm. me a poem. And while we ended up putting them all in books, you know, not just sharing them with each other. Mm, that's beautiful, Bernie, what you said with the trees. Just like when a flower grows or blossoms. Yes. I mean, one other... I, I, I can't remember what's in what book anymore because all these stories, but the road around our house was paved. We live mm -hmm. on a circular street mm -hmm. and they repaved it. And I noticed a crack in the pavement and a plant came up through the pavement. Hmm. And I thought, wow, where was the intelligence in the plant? Right. I looked that up. The, the seed mm -hmm. knows gravity, senses gravity. That's amazing. Think about creation. You make a seed and it knows which way is up. And so hmm. I brought our family down. Mm -hmm. I said, I want you to see this. If you ever run into, you know, like a stone wall, keep pushing. Because look what this seed did. 
it grew up and came out as a plant. And one of the kids said, what are you getting excited about? It's a scum cabbage. I said, that's not the point, what mm -hmm. it is. It's mm -hmm. what it's done. Because I had a laugh at their reaction to their crazy father. It's what it did. And to remember that. And that's why nature is such a teacher. I mean, because I have to say, it impressed the hell out of me that a plant could keep pushing and break open, you know, yeah, that's a great of, of asphalt and come out in the sunlight. Wow, <clears throat> that's a great story. I guess it reminds us, as you're saying, that we have um, infinite force within ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's, the power is in us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I always say, you cut your finger, you don't panic or bleed to death. You cover it with a Band-Aid, and the next thing you know, it's all healed. Mm -hmm. I mean, the mechanisms are built into us. We're the ones who screw up those mechanisms with our emotional life. Mm -hmm. I mean, Monday mornings, we have more heart attacks, strokes, suicides, and illnesses. I mean, what makes your body vulnerable? And your feelings vulnerable, how you feel about Monday and your job and your life or school or whatever it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you love your life, and that's another thing I saw and wrote about, that people who were told they had short time to live, but it led them to start living, mm -hmm. moving, changing jobs, buying a house on the ocean. These are all things that happen. I don't make up. Getting a dog, you know, and a few months later, they're feeling wonderful. And they literally live for years, confusing everybody, especially at the hospital. Because mm -hmm. yeah, I've been doing this for 40 years. So all this stuff was considered controversial and crazy. Um, but now we have understanding of it, our body chemistry, our genetics, and how they're altered by all the emotions and feelings. Well, you know, that's, um, I was thinking, you mentioned the hospitals, and uh, I know you've spoken about statistical, you know, statistical doctors, and going back to the the answer lies within. So right. if somebody, uh, you know, gets a, uh, unfortunately, a life-threatening disease, or is told, the, the answer lies within, that they have the power maybe to succumb that, you know? That's, yes, that's right. I mean, it's, it, the ability to heal mm -hmm. is put into us, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, yeah, because one of my poems, I don't know where it is, but it, it's, you know, comparing uh, what you might say, what God did versus what the medical profession did, mm -hmm. you know, heart transplants and all these wonderful things that doctors do, but they failed too. Mm-hmm. But what God put into us doesn't fail. Mm -hmm. It works. Mm -hmm. As I said, when you cut your finger, mm -hmm. yeah, you can rely on its ability to heal. Mm. Uh, when artificial things are done to you, yeah, I mean, the body does its best to heal, but still the mechanical things mm -hmm. don't have the same guarantee that nature and life have given us. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's fascinating to me. I, I mean, it's just saying more and more to really, when, 
when we when we have flowers, when we see a flower, when we see a butterfly, to really <clears throat> embrace the feeling of it. Yeah, I mean, I always say, look, I mean, flowers blow my mind. Because when you get up close and look into them, you know, not just the petal, but in the center, I mean, they're like works of art. Yes, definitely. And who figured that out? How did that happen? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, each petal. How, <clears throat> how does each petal form? Yeah. It's amazing. It is. Yeah, you can't mm. explain life. That's right. why, you know, if you say, do you believe in God? Well, mm -hmm. I have a definition, as I said, of loving, intelligent, conscious energy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I believe in that. That's my God. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's just the, when I say I believe, how can I not believe when creation made a human eye mm, mm -hmm. or ears? We're talking to each other mm -hmm. and hear each other. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just, <clears throat> you know, think of how do you make an ear? Mm. How do you make an eye that can see things, see colors, mm -hmm. judge distance? Mm. Oh, it's just amazing. You know, also because you, you, you know, you were a retired surgeon you were resurgent, so you saw this much more, um, you know, like a microscope, you know? Yeah. You saw this closer, so you yeah, had even I, more of a I deeper... I began to rely on all these things, mm -hmm. you might say, that our creator did to, to get me, to give me resources. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of crazy things in the hospital. Mm. Um, one anesthesiologist said to me while I was operating, Bernie, his heart has stopped. I can't get it going again. And after a few minutes, he said, it, it, nothing's working. I can't do it. I'm going to call for the stretcher from the morgue to get, you know, to pick up his body. And good old crazy Bernie Siegel, I yelled out into the operating room, Charlie! It's not your time yet. Come on back. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the patient's heart started beating again. I love it. And the I love what the anesthesiologist said, because he was starting to walk out of the room to get help to pick up his body. He turned around and he said, Bernie, I love working with you. <laughs> oh, that's a great story, Bernie. And the guy survived too. Yeah, no, that's a great. And, and do you believe, through your experiences in the hospital, that when our time is up, our time is up. Period. You know that. Yeah, well, we contribute contract. when our time is up. Okay. Okay. Somebody else doesn't make out the schedule. Right. Right. You have to understand that. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was four years old, I almost choked to death on a toy. Mm -hmm. um, Yes, I had a near-death experience. I left my body. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like. You know, it's part of why I'm so relaxed about it. and Don't mm -hmm. really worry about death. Because mm -hmm. I saw how much of us doesn't die. Right. The, that's why we are our bodies. Mm -hmm. People have to understand that in, in the physical sense. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're given a body so we can do things. Right. Like a tool. Mm -hmm. But... That's what dies, mm -hmm. not your consciousness. Mm -hmm. That continues on. Mm -hmm. So that's why people have stories to tell you, you know, when they leave their body mm -hmm. and um, 
what they saw and what happened. And I think when they talk about the light, they're talking about the energy mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. of creation, that they're going back to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I believe in all this. No stuff. endings, Bernie, only beginnings. Yeah. So we're recycled. Right. We've I've had past life experience. Mm-hmm. When somebody over the phone said to me, why are you living this life? Because I was very busy and she was a friend of mine mm-hmm. and she wanted me to take it easy. And so she said, why are you living this life? And I went into a trance mm-hmm. and I told her I saw myself in a past life. And I realized more about myself now because of her phone call and, and what happened to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of us, if we just keep an open mind, I don't care whether you believe something or don't believe something, just at least keep your mind open. Don't fight with people over it. Mm-hmm. If somebody has an experience, it's real. It happened to them. Mm-hmm. And so I just keep an open mind. And then you'd hear more from your patients because when they're not afraid to talk to you, as one patient said to me, I realize you're not a normal doctor. So I brought some stories I would like to tell you. Mm-hmm. That was a person who was a mystic mm-hmm. and who communicates with the dead. Mm-hmm. And she brought me messages and has continued to from people I know who have died, my patients, my family. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know them at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you get a phone call from her about somebody who has just died that she doesn't even know about, um, you know, she's not my neighbor. <laughs> um, and you can't deny what she's telling you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So these are things when people aren't afraid to talk to you, what happens? I always remember in the hospital, a patient who was blind had a cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they were able to resuscitate him. His wife was visiting him when it happened. So she was told, quick, get out of the way, get out of the way. You know, she went over in a corner of the room and sat down in a chair. And they worked on him, got his heart going again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He comes back to life and is able to talk. And he said, I was out of my body. He said, it was amazing. I could see mm. you all working and doing everything. Mm. Remember, he's blind. Mm. And he said, I could see. Mm. And his wife said, oh, come on, stop all that. Don't, we don't need all that nonsense. Blah, blah. He said, honey, you're sitting in the corner of the room in a green dress. Wow. I tell you, I thought his wife was going to faint. Wow. Oh, and then the thing I laughed at, he said, oh, by the way, tell the fellow who resuscitated me, mm-hmm. his, his fountain pen is under the bed. It fell out of his pocket while he was working. Hmm. And there it was. Oh, my goodness. Fascinating. That's yes. real. But the wife is screaming at him, stop being crazy. That's all nonsense. Right. Until he tell, you know, especially since he was blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you leave your body, you don't take your troubles with you. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this also in dreams and drawings where people who have lost, you know, an arm or a leg or something. Mm-hmm. And, and I say, draw a picture of yourself. And they put it back on. Wow. I knew mm-hmm. that almost always that meant I'm going to be dying soon and I'll be completed mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. You know, now it could mean I can still get a grip on things, you know, even mm-hmm. though I don't have arms. I mean, 
So there are a lot of symbols you have to discuss with the person. Mm-hmm. But many times, knowing the patient, when they would put themselves free of all problems, I knew they were saying, I'm going to be leaving my body and not take any of the troubles with me. Mm. Uh, Bernie, um, unfortunately, we only have a couple of minutes left. And I'm, I certainly would, I'm sure hopefully you'll be back real soon. But what wisdom would you like to share to the listeners, uh, Bernie, about life through your many, many? Well, life is an experience. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Mm-hmm. I'd say have faith. Mm-hmm. And, and with it comes hope. Because I use the word potential. Mm-hmm. We have a great potential. But if you don't believe in it, you can't turn it on. Okay? Mm. Um, that's why I like the term self-induced healing, not spontaneous remissions. I mean, when you feed your body love through the work you're doing, it tries to keep you here as long as it can. And when you get tired of your body, you can say, I'm tired, and you can turn the switch off and leave. Mm-hmm. But the potential that is in us is incredible. You know, uh, I say that, that the often the physicists are, are more, should I say, spiritual beings, mm-hmm. like an Einstein. You know, mm-hmm. because when you look at life, how the hell... Could it happen in the first place? Right. Who put the sun here, the earth here? Mm-hmm. The flower, <laughs> I mean, the butterfly, the hummingbird. Yeah. So understand that right. you're given enormous potential mm-hmm. and think of yourself as I mentioned, God's assistant, right arm, whatever. Oh. So that you are part of the creative energy and force. Right. Live the message, live the sermon. And you'll enhance life and wonderful things will happen. I love that, Bernie. Uh, spiritual assistance of the creator. Right. Uh, so we don't forget that, you know? Yeah, that's why I always feel, you know, I, I would like to have written Bible too, but mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it's a workbook for life. So right. as you read it, mm-hmm. it's practical advice on how you can live a long, healthy life and help others do the same thing. Mm. And let me say this, probably one of the simplest things you can do is love your children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if you grow up with love, and mm. studies show this, when, by that I mean if you say, yeah, my mm. parents love me, your chance of being a healthy middle-aged adult is way beyond that of people who say, no, my parents didn't love me. Mm-hmm. They, almost 100% of those people who didn't feel love have ma- had a major illness by the time they're middle-aged. Mm. You know, and only a fraction of that number, uh, more like a, a fourth of the people who said I wasn't loved have run into some health problem. Mm-hmm. To Gee whiz, Bernie. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Bernie Siegel, Bernie. (laughs) Such wisdom, really such wisdom. And we hope that you'll be back very soon, Bernie, you know? All right. (laughs) That word, all right. (laughs) Our grandson who died. Uh I always say that word. It's like when I'm completing something, I'll say, all right. 
and he had genetic defects and various problems. As a matter mm -hmm. of fact, I dedicated my book to him. Um, he's the first child to live. See, you talk about potential. He's the first child to live with his genetic problem because mm -hmm. nobody was able to diagnose it. It was a metabolic problem and these kids basically starved to death because they couldn't create energy and store fat. But he was the one who woke me up to my saying, all right, because I'd be visiting him and things were happening and I'd say, all right. <laughs> as soon as I'd walk in the room, Jason would say, all right. <laughs> he was like my therapist. You uh -huh. know, nobody else ever said to me, why are you always saying all right? Mm -hmm. But he woke me up to my habits and I loved it and my patterns. Mm -hmm. And he's the naive, you know what I mean? Uh, sure, he's a messenger. Yeah, boy with all kinds of problems and he right. ends up being everybody's teacher. Yeah. yeah. A messenger. Spiritual okay. messenger. Right. Thanks so, so much. It's dangerous to talk to me. I keep coming up with more stories. All right, no, bye we bye. could talk to you forever, Bernie. <laughs> except on Zoom, it's unfortunate they're going to cut us off after a okay a certain because it don't take it personally at all. I could talk to you. We could listen to you forever. That's why uh, we're going to want you back well, soon. Stories. People listen to stories, so I yes. tell stories. Okay. Well, it reminds them of their own lives and they uh, and yeah. you have stories that we can learn from. Yes. You know what I mean? Some stories we can't always learn from, but right. if there's wisdom with the stories, yeah. it elevates who we are more. All right. Thank you. <laughs> you want to say all right again? Yeah. See, I don't even know I'm saying it. And I okay. did. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, Bernie. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Dr. Bernie Siegel, and I've been the host of The Matter of the Heart. Mm -hmm.